evening, folks. The cast is back. As we hear the Reverend Horton Heat in the background playing Mr. Psychobilly Freak out himself, Jim Heath. All right, folks, we're going to cover uh, today's one-man show because apparently we can't find where the fuck Ron is. And uh, who knows, maybe he's writing at three million of his whoring sites. Anyways, we've got my visit to the Hockey Hall of Fame. We've got Kurt Warner cutting off all ties to the Arizona Cardinals. Gary Collins still open. Oh, yeah, we got much more. All in this... 30 minutes or less show, folks, because it's just me. Alright, let's get to it. Alright, today, folks, just a funny, funny commercial that everyone needs to find on YouTube. Nothing too big. Anyone remember Mike Gundy from Oklahoma State? Yes, the Cowboys. You know those folks. Eh, if you forgot who Mike Gundy is, well, here you go. Oh yes, don't tell me you forgot about I'm a man, I'm 40. But yes, <coughs> Mike Gundy getting the Coors Light treatment and parodies. But, you know, who said it wasn't coming because old Mike deserved it anyways. Anyhow, nothing much on this end. As everyone knows, we're in well past February, which means anything related to football is going to be giraffes. And, let's face it, there's been plenty of good things to come out of the drafts. Like, uh, well, I haven't found anything really yet. <laughs> Michael Crabtree and Broken Foot probably going to the top. Someone's going to pay for him at least. However, Let me wind up the old laptop. <coughs> Let's find out who's doing what. Yes, draft coverage as provided by the worldwide leader of nothing. Of course, let's go with the standards, folks. Uh, Matthew Stafford is the top quarterback prospect, but doesn't mean he's the number one. Eh, who knows? As we'll just have to see. Horse. We've also got Crabtree on top of the talks. But the surprise, somewhat of a surprise, is Aaron Curry from Wake Forest. Which people are, you know, wanting him on their team. He's probably one of the better outside linebackers. You know, you've got the Browns open and he slips by the cracks. You know, you got various teams that just, you know, won him. And also, you know, no Sean Moreno from Georgia. There's another good one that someone needs to draft. 
even though everyone's kind of ranting about the running backs this year because they're falling under, sorry about that, falling under the acceptable 40 times, you know, most have run a 4-4, which, hell, if any of us could run a 4-4, I think we should go to the NFL. Anyhow, also got here on these lists, you got Clay Matthews, who is the son of Bruce, by the way. But he's playing outside linebacker from USC, so I don't expect him to have Dad's long career either. I mean, let's face it. Two different beasts. Bruce was a center, and centers have an incredibly long life because all you're, because you're snapping the ball, you're blocking, snapping the ball, you're blocking, although you take some hits. <coughs> Not quite to the degree of a an outside linebacker that pretty much charges to the line full speed. That means knees, shoulders, ligaments of all varieties will go. Which also another prospect, you know, Beanie Wells, who had been injured, oft injured. <coughs> but not, not to the degree of others that have been in the draft before. Which, he might go to a good spot. I don't know where. I mean, caught haven't kept up with who needs what yet. Not to say that everyone's not let you know either. Also, James Laurinaitis, the little animal, he'll go somewhere that needs an inside linebacker, and there's plenty of teams that need one. Also, let's look at this list that scouts in their infinite wisdom. And by infinite, I mean none. Because they're just crap shooting at best also. <clears throat> but, I mean, this year's draft, I'm sorry to tell you folks, I've just been yawning at. The only thing exciting about the draft is the added draft list that Kissing Susie Culber has put up, like the dead hooker left. Ah, yes. And then, <coughs> Andre Smith, the tackle from Alabama, who has decided in his infinite wisdom that he'd rather show up at the combine overweight and then go home after the first day. <laughs> smart move. Real smart move, folks. He weighs 332 pounds, and so does every other lineman in the NFL. Yep. It's it's amazing to see that, you know, someone like him is thinking, okay, I weigh 332 pounds, I can get a high draft pick. Oh. It, it, it just gets interesting afterwards with Michael Crabtree who needs his foot operating on basically said he was going to show up at the combine anyways saying that he needed <coughs> you know saying that he needs surgery on his foot and he needs screws put in he needs something and of course Matthews on the other line on the chat asked him he's like alright all right, talk about Al Albert Hainsworth well, I, I would, but 
I really don't know where Albert Hainsworth is going to end up with. Tennessee's pretty much said, all right, go ahead and look in free agency. People are thinking that Tennessee is being living up to its reputation of being the cheapest team in the NFL, when in truth, Al wants more money than people can afford to give him. I mean, Al pretty much wants to be one of the top, he wants to be the top paid ever. And Al is a big time player, but look at it, Tennessee's perspective. Why do you want to spend probably close to 20% of your salary for someone who's only in there for 33% of your plays. It's not so much a, you know, numbers. You know, they have the money, they can afford to pay them. It's just, is it going to be worth paying it? And you have to look at it in that perspective from Bud Adams's view. <coughs> is that, you know, if Albert Hainsworth leaves, the defensive line position is pretty deep. I mean, they've got backups upon backups at the moment. And Hainsworth's replacement last year, when Hainsworth was out, did pretty damn good. Yes, I'll recall his name later. But it's it's one of those things that... You just have to wonder, you know, is it worth enough money to try? And the Titans right now are probably saying no. And also they have to think about the quarterback position because Kerry Collins is also on the negotiating table and and Kerry Collins led you to uh, a lot of your victories. And even being a game manager, which he was you know, he needed to be. Just let, you know. So that's what they're looking at, too, is, you know, can we sign Harry Collins back? How much does Albert Hainsworth want? Are we even going to bother starting Vince Young ever again? And if we don't, what about Chris Sims? Can we hang on to him? So, so they're looking at, other than Albert Hainsworth, if they lose Albert Hainsworth, they've got depth at the position. Yes, he's a dominator. Yes, he'll wreck every team's offense, but is it worth it keeping him? Alright, let's that's enough boring talk about football hot stove. Now let's get to the baseball hot stove. Right, when it comes to it, baseball this year is more interesting than people wanted it to be, and that's thanks to A-Rod. <clears throat> At the first part of the season, of the off-season, it was like, oh my god, he's screwing Madonna. Now it's, oh my god, he's shoving a needle in his ass. And, I mean, seriously... This has turned into a circus of massive proportions because people don't... If you're
you're outside of baseball, you're wondering what the big deal is with <coughs> A-Rod admitting steroids. And you have to look at it at some fans' perspectives that A-Rod was the last quote-unquote pure athlete. Did he have pure intentions? And what he pulled off most of the time? Probably not. However, when it comes to it, A-Rod was supposed to be like the last bastion of what was good in baseball. And instead, now that they found that he's on steroids, and, and you know, most fans just feel that it hurts right now for some You know, to admit that A-Rod is, you know, there's pretty much this, yes, he was moody, yes, he was needy, yes, he was an emotional wreck, but he, he wasn't one of those dirty cheaters. And now that you find out that he is, it's been a slap in the face for most, most baseball purists. But eventually we have to face the reality that, not everyone is going to play fair. And the part that gets me is that, you know, people didn't expect this. And it's like, folks, it, only one person has actually come out to say that he was actually not on steroids and he's been so transparent about it that it's not funny and that's Frank Thomas, believe it or not. The only reason Frank Thomas isn't signed with a team is age. I mean, like, his knees are going bad. He doesn't have the speed he once did when he was the big hurt with the Chicago White Sox. And then just going from team to team at the moment. So, Frank's... <coughs> Frank's not the athlete he used to be. However, he's still a solid player, and when it comes to it, he has been pretty transparent with his steroid testing. He's been saying, hey, this is what I've tested. This is how I've tested. You know, these are my results. Here you are. And most of the Major League Baseball hasn't said that yet. And on top of that, on top of that, too, it's, you know, people are wondering who's next. You know, is it going to be like Ken Griffey? Is he going to admit to taking steroids? Which I'll, I'll answer that for everyone. No. Because I don't think he did. I mean, even, and if he did, Junior would have admitted it a long time ago. It would have killed him to not say anything. So, the big deal is, this week, they're talking about in the Daily News, is that Yuri Sukart, A-Rod's body man, his cousin, is no longer allowed at the Yankee facilities. And... People are like, so what's the big deal? It's like this band's pretty much admitted to being the 
the steroid dealer of a rot so if you were the Steinbrenners and Cashman, would you want them anywhere around? No. Yes. And on top of that, too, the Yankees are going to have to deal with the fallout of another book about the Yankees, which Joe Torre just wrote his last month, this past month, about his time with the Yankees and his bitterness. But yes, his his bitterness over the uh, his time, you know, and his firing. The other book that's going to come out is Selena Roberts's book about A Rod, which makes you wonder how much more can the Steinbrenner family take. And the bad part is, is they can't throw a lawsuit here and there if there's facts. So, you never know. Really, yes, enough about baseball on that one, folks, because, like I say, baseball is one of those stay tuned, it'll get even more ridiculous. And on top of that, it gets more and more interesting as the season goes on. So let's get to the interesting part to round out the last part of part of today's cast and I'm working on the thing is is this past month is that I did go go to Toronto for like the past week I think it was this last week I was up there. <coughs> and I had a chance for $13 Canadian, which let me do the conversion here. Just because I have to. I'm, I'm, I'm bad like that. Alright, $13 Canadian. Your exchange rate is... About $1.20, so it's about 10 bucks, 10 or $11.00. To get inside the Canadian, you know, with the Canadian currency, so about ten dollars American to get inside the Hockey Hall of Fame, it's about normal. On there, inside the uh, the NHL Hockey Hall of Fame is they they have everything inside inside this. Uh, compound which is two stories and it's inside the it's located off of Yonge Street in Toronto which is one of the largest streets probably in the world and I mean it's it's located right Yes, it's located at 30 Young Street at the Brookfield Place. And the way to get inside the Hockey Hall of Fame, there's two ways, is above ground, which is, you know, regular straight front, there's a door there where you can get in above ground. And then below, below ground in the what they call the path 
because a lot of downtown Toronto is connected. They have, you know, your skyscrapers, your towers. The most, the nearest way that I've found to get to the Hockey Hall of Fame is TD Canada Trust, which was Canada Trust at one time, if I recall. Their tower leads underground, which also there's the RBC Bank, which if anyone's seen Tech World, you know the building inside the glass. But both, of, either of those, around TD Canada Tower, Trust Tower, you're going to go down escalator or stairs, and of course there's this massive food court. You're going to walk a little bit past the food court, and you're going to walk past the food court, and then you're going to see this huge entrance. And the entrance flat out says that it's it blatantly advertised that it is the Hockey Hall of Fame. And you enter through one side, you know, pay them the gate man, $13 Canadian. Of course, they'll stamp your hand, you know, to make sure that that the staff there knows that you have paid for the for the admission. <coughs> and like, one of the very first cases that will be to your left <coughs> excuse me, will be like a display for Gordy Howe, which is two cases. One side of his case, you know, has his Detroit jersey and his various his jerseys from various cities. Of course, one jersey on it says Yeah. Just looking at the various cities he's played for. It has his USHL jersey from the Omaha Knights. It has his NHL jersey from the Red Wings. The Hartford Whaler jerseys, which has his full name, Gordy Howe. And of course, his IHL and his WHA jerseys are in the second case, along with his jacket. And on top of that, you know, it has his various decorations. It has various mementos that he's contributed. Of course, the next case that's about that's two cases inside the Hockey Hall of Fame is Wayne Gretzky's case, which you know Wayne Gretzky's his jersey from the Edmonton Oilers, his jersey from the Kings, his various accomplishments like when he was the GM of the of Canada's national hockey team, and. I mean, and it also has jerseys from other teams, like Nashville's 10th anniversary jersey has Detroit's centennial jersey, because Detroit has been around a long time. It also it has jersey from uh, jerseys from Toronto's the Toronto Maple Leaves, and and the uh, Toronto Marlies. Which is their minor league team, which 
If I'm trying to remember, I don't. I think they play in the Air Canada. Which is there? No, they play at the Rico Coliseum. Okay. Which they share the market. <coughs> you know, with the Maple Leaves, and they also share it with the Reading Royals. They also share their team with the Philadelphia Phantoms and the Flyers. So. I mean, it, it, it's a real, I mean, it's a large complex, too, because un, unlike on the first floor is all the jerseys, and then you've got a locker room replica <coughs> of the Habs, you know, Les Habitants, or the Montreal Canadiens, which has all their retired jerseys, like, like the jersey of Vizina, and it's got his equipment of oh, George's Fazina. That's like the various jerseys of various Canadians players. Also has the jersey of the most recent retired number, which is Patrick Waugh, and his equipment. And, if, and I'm trying to remember the exact phrase that it has for the Habs locker room, but like for my tired and weary hands, I passed, I throw the torch to you to carry on. I think is the exact phrase that's inside the locker room. If any one from the Canadians cares, you know, email the show. You can correct me on that one. But it has that title and in Canada's universal theme, which is they have everything in French and in English, which Canada a long time ago, you know, made it law that everything shows up in French and English because it was the two official languages with a large part of their of the Francais or the French in Quebec which is a large part of the country not, not the largest province but it is a good significant portion that they made French and English English you know official languages and it shows up everywhere so you so you also find that dynamic whenever you go through the Hall of Fame, which the first floor also <coughs> consists of interactive games. Like you know, it's got your standard your hockey shootout, your goalie goalie where your game where you're you have to defend five shots. Shots at like there's a rookie pro and a Like a novice, a rookie, a pro level. Like your novice level is the bottom. Your rookie is your bottom. Your middle and your pro level is coming from all angles. Where you have to defend the shot. And it's pretty much softball shots. Where it's soft pucks. And you have to, you know, guess. You have to hold this stick. Guess, guess where you're going to defend. You know, whether you're going to have to take it glove side or stick side. You know, try to defend with your body. Of course, the slap shot game, you have to do completely wrist shots, which means off the ground, no slap shots. So, yeah, standard fare. They also have a trivia game set up inside the facility, which it's not, you know, it's standard hockey trivia. And, I mean, if you're not good at hockey, like 
I'm really not, then you're going to fail the quiz pretty badly. It covers a lot of history. On top of that, the main attraction for most devoted hockey persons is the second floor, which you should go to legendsofhockey.net and look up their silverware section and it will tell you every trophy they have as far as NHL trophy, non-NHL trophies, and the historic trophies which can't list off all the trophies I've got in pictures but I mean, just the important one was the Stanley Cups and on the pictures, the Stanley Cup, the President Trophy, the Campbell, the Prince of Wales, the Conn Smythe, the Vizinas in there, the Richard Trophy. Every trophy that is <coughs> in the Hockey Hall of Fame, I mean, there's, I mean, every trophy that's in the NHL and not in the NHL. Like every historic trophy is in the Hockey Hall of Fame. The story is is that, you know, they give it to a, to the various winners. You know, the winner gets to hold it. They get to hold it for 24 hours. And then the Hockey Hall of Fame takes it back to Toronto and holds it at the Hockey Hall of Fame. On top of that, too, the Stanley Cup, the same thing. Each team that wins it gets to hold it for 24 hours, and then that's it. They you know enough time to etch the the names on each of each person on each winning team onto the bands which of course look up the Stanley Cup <coughs> section in Legends of Hockey and it will tell you how they do the Stanley Cup tradition and the interesting fact that there's two Stanley Cups the original trophy is kept inside their their locked vault which is opened, you know, during the tour days. I mean, and inside is various collectibles like Vizina's collectibles and Richard's collectibles. And the interesting fact that there is, you know, the first prizes of the NHL, which was not a ring. I mean, there's the various gold lockets they've pull, pulled throughout the years. And there's also, you know, a championship watch they awarded. So, if you get the chance to go to Canada, and you go to Toronto, to Yonge Street, you know, and if you do get a chance, check out the, check out the Hall of Fame, for sure. And, it, it, it's well worth, worth the visit. Which, <coughs> he were like, well, if I'm up there and I'm an American, you know, how am I going to pay this? It's like, easiest thing ever. Is if you've got currency, you know, if you've got American money on you, go to a bank in downtown. Is the easiest way. Go to a bank, trusted bank. None of these quote-unquote currency exchanges. Go to a bank exchange your money in. If you've got a card, they'll do a cash advance. Also, if you've got a debit card and you've got look on the back of your card, 
you know, if you any of your symbols, if you've got matches the symbols on the machines, then you're able to pull out money. <coughs> Which, $100 Canadian will translate to roughly about $82. Which is still not a bad exchange. <coughs> so yes, it's a matter of checking checking the exchange rates and seeing how much your dollar is going to pull. And on top of that, exchanging the money and let, save yourself a lot of trouble because if you try to go inside with American currency, they're going to charge you higher because the costs of them exchanging the money is not worth it. So, so it's just easy to go to a bank or go to an ATM machine to pull out money in Canadian currencies and going from there. Now, hateful as well, I'm not a, a big hockey fan. Should I still go see it? And I'm, I'm going to say yes because I'm not myself either. I mean, Jamie is more of the more of the big hockey fan than I am, but it's worth it to go see <coughs> see it. And the people that guard the Stanley Cup display, you know, they'll, they'll give you a pretty good history of what's going on. I mean, it's also worth it that if you're in any of the cities that are big hockey towns, that they do have the dynasties wall up, you know, if your teams, which is your Toronto, Mar Montreal, Detroit, and Edmonton, they have it up on a wall engraved. I said it's worth it to go see everything. And don't be surprised, too, if there's a lot of Montreal history, because Montreal was probably one of the biggest parts of the NHL's L L's rise to to its prominence. And there's a lot of influence of the original six there. And a lot of the newer teams are starting to, you know, hold their own in inside the Hall of Fame. Like I said, too, is like Nashville's jersey was in there. And they've got the jersey of Kimo Timonen. And you know, Kimo was one of Nashville's first foreign-born captains. And, <coughs> you know, people should know that you know, there's, there's a lot of new recent history that's starting to make its way inside the Hall of Fame. You know, and as the staff will tell you, things will keep changing, things will be added to it. To it just about every year. Alright, now that I've bored, now that I've gotten to bore you enough with the Hockey Hall of Fame, here's the part where I get to finish off the show by ridiculing just about everything on ESP. No, not really. Not, not going to do that. <coughs> Just <coughs> I 
I'm just going to comment on a few few matters of the day. One, everyone is <coughs> surprised about Tiger Woods and his upset. Well, don't be. Tiger's been out of the sport for a good long time. The fact that he won the tournament last week was no surprise, but match play has not always been his best game. But just the fact that he's back is, is an incredible feat. And on top of that, you know, if everyone thought that Tigers is just going to come back and be absolutely dominant, you have to remember he was out with knee surgery, so everything's going to be rattling back slowly. On top of that, more baseball. The Dodgers general manager, Ned Colletti, is unsure if Manny Ramirez is coming back. A lot of this has to do with Scott Boris. And and look around the internet, of course. You just have to look around and you know, see various opinions that people have of Scott Boris. You know, people are asking if he's losing his touch. And and honestly I seriously hope so. Because right now in everyone's economic times, it, it's the amount of money he wants for each player is just shot. I mean, no one wants to waste the money. We're seeing that a lot in football, too. So, the next thing that everyone see, has seen is that Marvin Harrison was recently released by the Indianapolis Colts. Which we were like, is this so much money? Yes and no. He has not been the same since his injuries, so you know, it's it's not surprising that Marvin is released and who knows which team he'll end up with. But all I know is he he's leaning towards the end of his career, which is not a good thing. You know, he needs People are relating this to Jerry Rice to the Raiders, and I think so. Might have a couple of good years left, and then that'll be it for Marvin. And they're talking about Michael Vick finally okayed for home confinement, which means he'll be he'll be serving the last two of his jail term inside his own house. You know, because there's no room at the halfway house for him. Which right now he's serving a 23-month sentence at Leavenworth, which is the middle of nowhere. Which, <coughs> excuse me, that's what happens when you don't get enough water. However, he's being released to his Hampton home, which is let me see where we are yes, 
one of his homes in Virginia, which he's staying at right now. Which people are saying, well, he's not, he's probably not returning to to football, and his lawyer said he has every intention to. Of course, Roger Goodell has stated that his status, you know, is going to be on a case-by-case -case basis. So, who knows? Will Michael Vick ever come back? We never know. Of course, with with Pac-Man, we can say never say never. Which, you know, the future is going to be up to Michael Vick whether or not he stays in football right now. You know, everyone is looking at Pac-Man's case and saying there's no way. And all I have to say, folks, is wait and see. And the next few articles of next article of news is where the big thing where Kurt Warner has cut off his talks with the Arizona Cardinals. Is anyone really surprised? No. But, where does this lead next? Most likely retirement. So, because Warner, even Warner said it, but there might not be very many other teams that would offer him a starting job. So, which, Kerry Collins is much in the same boat, too. Kerry Collins has said he wants a starting job. Of course, the problem is, is that, again, age has a lot to do with it. So, that's all I got for this week's show. Uh, okay, I knew it ran past 30 minutes, but hey, this isn't as long as I usually can run. So, anything that anyone found wrong, just go to sportsbastards.com. And, you know click on the complaints and on the comments whenever I put this up. So folks, uh, until next week or whenever the hell I decide to do another show, show I'm James Richard Brown, the associate editor of sportsmasters.com and I want to wish you all a nice and happy week or, or something like that. Anyhow, take care. Take care and, you know, keep them going, huh? <laughs>